you'd turn in your Bible with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm reading out of the Pew Bible that's either right in front of you or if you're up in the balcony, it's underneath you. And the page number is 1050. Page 1050. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I like having a moment to drink it all in anyway. It's good for me. How can I pray for you? I have taken a lot of people off guard with this question. Uh, Various people have been awfully surprised by, how can I pray for you? I say this a lot to people. Perhaps I say it too quickly. I say a lot of things too quickly. Maybe that's one of them, that it just comes out, how can I pray for you? And uh, nobody heard what I was saying. But I, I also feel like I regularly say to people, okay, how can I pray for you then? And their response will be something like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. I said, no, no, how can I pray for you? Uh, I feel like some people are sort of nervous, uh, if especially if they're not believers, being, in, being around a, a pastor, being asked even. They're just being caught off guard. I know I am sometimes likewise caught off guard when then someone responds, okay, how can I pray for you? And I go, hold on a second, let me take inventory and see what, uh, see what I can come up with for you. Uh, I am periodically delighted when people ask me, how can I pray for you? And I'll have a standard set of answers usually. If there's something particular at that time, I'll say, well, this particular thing, you know, or that particular thing. And if not, then I say, you know, just pray for me that God would give me rest and let me be refreshed. That's a good, good, honest thing to ask to pray for. Pray that God would give me sweet time with my family. Just pray that God would help me to be fruitful. But how do you answer this question when someone asks, how can I pray for you? This is what we have in our passage of Scripture today, where Paul, the Apostle Paul, all throughout his letters to all the churches that he started or got to know, Paul says regularly how he is praying for them, but what we get today is Paul saying to them, and here's how you're going to pray for me. So we have today the answer to the question, how can I pray for you? If you're Paul, how do you want this beloved church to pray for you? And being that it's Paul, it doesn't take long before he's turning it around and praying the exact same things for them, that church. Turns out the answer works both ways very well. So let's answer this question together as Paul has it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. How can we pray for you? How can we pray for each other? How can you pray for me? We'll have all the answers here. And uh, not ironically, let's start off with prayer. Father God, I know how I can pray for us right now. I pray that we would hear your word and that we'd believe it. I pray that we would hear your word and that your word would remain in us. I pray that when we hear your word today, we would receive it and honor it and rejoice at it. Pray that we would change whatever we need to in our lives. I pray that if somebody here is uncertain about their faith or salvation, that they would find their certainty in your word today. Pray for those among us who have not yet put their trust in you, that they would hear your word and believe it today and put their lives in your hand. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. How can I pray for you? Here's the answer. 
In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Just a couple of verses. Next Sunday, as you can see, if you're looking in the Pew Bible, we're about at the end of the page. Next Sunday, we'll finish 2 Thessalonians. But for today, how can I pray for you is the question. Paul says to them, here's how you can pray for me. Here's what I want to hear. Here's what I need. I want you to pray that the word would spread rapidly, that the word would spread like it's got some legs on it, that the word of God would spread quickly and everywhere, and that it would spread and that it would be honored. Paul never loses track of the central focus for himself. I regularly lose track of what I'm doing. If I can't remember what I'm doing when I walk into a room, and I never can, then it's also easy for me to remember what I'm doing overall, the purpose of ministry and pastoring, the purpose of our church. Sometimes we can get, I can get so busy in details to forget this very clear thing, the thing that I want more than anything, is that the Word may spread rapidly and be honored. Because I remember what joy it was for me when I heard the Word of the God and I knew it was true, and I believed it. And since then, I honor the Word of God in everything. And I, I know for many of you, because I've heard your stories about that time when you heard the Word of God, and it was so sweet to you, even if it brought conviction to you. It was such a delight to even hear God speaking to you, that it took on your life, and it took over your life, and that you honored it in your life. This is such an important part of my life that I just want nothing more than for it to spread, and yet I get distracted. Perhaps you get distracted, and perhaps a prayer like this will help us focus and remember why it is we do what we do, what the purpose of our lives are, why Christ is patient about His return so that the Word of God can have opportunity to spread and be honored by many people. I tell you good news today. The Word of God is spreading quickly around the world, whether you know it or not. It's the work of the Word of God. Even if we get a little confused or slow down or forget what we're doing when we walk into a room or forget what we're doing with this year in our life, the Word of God still spreads quickly and is quickly spreading everywhere. You might have heard, because it's been going on for several weeks now, this Asbury revival that's happening. It began Uh, with some seminary students in Asbury Seminary. Again, that's a Methodist seminary. I mentioned this last week. It began there, but it's spread around quite a bit. For several weeks now, they've had this continuous worship service going on. Just the sweet spirit of the Lord and having sweet time together with the Lord and worshiping. And then thousands of other people have come out from other places to see and to hear this and to give reports on it. To where other people, rightly jealous of not being there, like me, Rightly jealous of not being there, plenty of other students in other schools and colleges have met together to worship the Lord and experience something similar, just a sweet outpouring of the Spirit, 
where they could confess sins and worship the Lord and follow after Him. And so this continues to go around on other college campuses. For how long? That's up to the Lord. Uh, Are there wolfish people looking to turn this for their uh, political advantage? Oh, surely there are. That doesn't negate the good work of the Lord. Is this a Methodist seminary rather than a good Baptist one? It is. But these are still brothers and sisters in Christ. And we rejoice whenever we see the Lord at work. Just because we're not identical does not mean they're against us, and we are most certainly not against them, because we are for the Holy Spirit. And if He is the one at work, then we are for them. This week, the president of Asbury Seminary, Timothy Tennant, said, I think it is wise to see this at the current phase as an awakening. Only if we see lasting transformation can we look back and in hindsight say, yes, that was a revival. That's a good word. How delightful it is to be a part of a season in your life when the Holy Spirit's just present and sweet and you have this great time worshiping the Lord. But how much more important and necessary it is that this, trans- that this sweetness leads to transformation in lives. After all, this is what Paul prays for, not just that the Word would spread quickly, but that it would be honored. It's a beautiful phrase, this, the Word would be honored. What else could it mean except accepted, believed, treated with the, the correct weight and authority that the Word should have? How should we pray, you and I? Let us pray that the Word would spread at that seminary campus and at all these other colleges as well. This is the way the Lord works, and it's beautiful. That when you look out and you get most pessimistic about something, the Lord says, just hold on a second and watch. So you can grow quickly and probably rightly pessimistic and sad about the state of higher education in America. It's rough. But then you can also see the Lord's hand at work, and it's beautiful. May it be, may it spread quickly, and may the word of the Lord be honored by these brothers and sisters of ours. Likewise, another interesting phenomenon, that the He Gets Us campaign. Did you watch the Super Bowl and see the He Gets Us commercials? Did you immediately go, what is this? <laughs> and who are these people? And what do they want? It's fascinating and interesting and uh, mysterious. <laughs> First question is, who's paying for this? <laughs> and the answer is, uh, they don't say. It's become popular just to, uh, for large donors to put together money into donor funds. And so this comes from a specific donor fund, but who actually gave it is not revealed. And likewise, it doesn't come from a specific denomination. So say, who is this? What are they getting at? What do they want? And yet... As a result of some ad campaign in which they aired Super Bowl commercials briefly talking about Jesus and put up billboards all over the place talking about Jesus, thousands and thousands of people have gone to their website, not only gone to their website, but then gotten connected with churches because their website will vet churches and have churches connect up with you. And there's this question on there, as you're reading about Jesus and what Jesus did and who Jesus was, it says, do you want, to, do you want somebody from a local church to reach out to you? It's interesting It may or may not be perfect, and it may or may not be good, but what is our prayer? That the word of the Lord would spread, and that the word of the Lord would spread quickly, and then that the word of the Lord would be honored among many people. All right, how about us? As we've had new members joining this church recently, 
I say recently, but as we've had new members joining this church at any time in the last three to four years, one of the things I like to say to all of them is, the way I'm going to pray for us is that our season together would be fruitful. You you come forward and you want to be a member of this church, and I'm a member of this church, and so however long we're members of this church, before you move away or before the Lord takes you away or whatever happens next in life, we know we've got a while and not forever together. So my prayer is that the time we have together would be very fruitful indeed, that this would be the most fruitful season of our lives, or like Paul says, that the word would spread quickly and be honored through our witness, because after all, What does it mean to bear fruit? It means, specifically, that one is helping other people come to trust Christ. And how exactly does one bear fruit? Well, it is by the word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of the Lord. How do you go about becoming a believer? How do you go about having faith when you had no faith? You had no faith, and then suddenly one day you did have faith. How did you get there? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. So I pray that you'd bear much fruit, and that I would too, and that we would do it by the declaration of the word of God, by reading scripture, by talking about scripture everywhere we go, so that the word may spread quickly and be honored by people. The word of the God, that the word of the Lord would change them. So first, Paul says, here's how I want you to pray for us. I want you to pray that the word would spread quickly and be honored, just as it was with you. And then he says in verse 2, and I want you to pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. Paul prays for deliverance. And with good cause, after all, here's what happens whenever Paul arrives in a town. You go and read through the book of Acts, and the same pattern forms. It happened in Thessalonica when he started that church, and then when he moved on, and it happened at the next church as well. Paul goes into a place, and he begins to spread the word quickly. He starts in the temples and the synagogues, where they already have some foundational knowledge about God. They have the Old Testament, and he declares to them from the Old Testament how Jesus Christ fulfilled this, and Jesus Christ is the Lord and Messiah. And the word spreads quickly, and many believe, and many honor the word. But at the same time, there are many others who oppose it quickly. Paul shows up in a place, he preaches the gospel, many come to believe, many others adamantly oppose it. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, and pray that we would be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith. This is the way it is. I have another question. So if Paul asks them to pray that he would be delivered from evil people. And in fact, not too long after he writes this letter, Paul is going to be killed for his faith in Rome. Did God answer this prayer? Did God, in fact, deliver him from evil people? Well, here's what Paul says. Verse 2, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. And then he turns it from him. At this point, him saying, hey, pray for me, turns straight to them. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. Paul can't go on very long telling them how they can pray for him before he's back praying with them, because it's the same situation. He was run out of Thessalonica by evil people. 
So Paul prays. So Paul says to them, pray for us that we could spread the word quickly and that we'd be delivered from evil people. Not everyone's faithful, but you know who is faithful? The Lord is faithful. You might expect the other half of that to be, but you guys believed and you guys are faithful. No, no, no. He says, not everyone's faithful, but the Lord is faithful. And the Lord is going to hold on to Paul until the Lord's purposes with Paul are finished or until the Lord has a purpose for Paul in his death as well. You might recall from the very beginning, at his calling, when Paul was Saul and converted on the road, the Lord says, he is going to suffer greatly for my name and my sake. I've got big plans for him, but he's also going to suffer. That was always a part of the plan for the Lord from Paul. But at the same time, the Lord was always faithful to him. And the Lord answered this prayer for him and protected and provided for him all along the way until Paul arrived at exactly the spot God wanted him to be. The Lord preserved his life all the way to Rome and then through Rome so that he could proclaim the gospel in all of those places. How about for us? It's a very easy, straightforward prayer. I pray for you that the Lord would deliver you from evil people. There are evil people out there. There are people who just want, not misunderstood, they just have chosen an evil life and want to do wrong. And I pray that God would deliver you from these people and protect us. Uh, we have a business meeting tonight in which we will be voting to spend money uh, on lots of projects. You're welcome to come along to the business meeting. If you're a guest, this is a great business meeting to come to because our business meetings are open to guests. You can't speak or vote because you're not a member, but you should see how we do business here. Uh, we'll be voting on the renovation of our old sanctuary into a nice lobby with restrooms. That's one of them. We'll be voting on a renovation of our playground. Our playground's going to get redone if we vote to approve it uh, with excellent artificial turf, uh, nicer than is at Cowboys Stadium, I feel, and, uh, and a great playground system for all of our children, and we'll more than double the size of our playground. I'm really excited about that project. And thirdly, the security committee is ready to bring a motion for us to install a security camera system. Now that we've built the new sanctuary, we ought to have a security camera system around here. And you know what my prayer is? I am praying that we will never have to use that security camera system at all. It will have it. It'll watch over everybody. It'll watch over the things. We'll put, them in, we put, we'll put cameras into the preschool and nursery to protect our children and to protect our teachers against accusation, as one does. And my hope and my prayer is that we'll never have to review the footage, ever. It'll be there, but it'll be the Lord who protects us from evil. How should we be praying for each other? That the word would spread quickly and be honored. And that the Lord would protect us and deliver us from wicked people. The next thing Paul says is this, as he has turned to talking about them. Verse 4, we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and you will continue to do what we command. If the prayer turns to them, the prayer continues on anyway, and the prayer is that they would continue to do what God has commanded them that they would not just have repented of their sins at one time in their life, but that they would live their lives following Him. This is why that quote from the seminary president is so powerful. He says, it's so good that there's this spiritual awakening going on, but let's wait and see if there's life change and transformation behind it. That's what we're praying for. It's so good that the Lord is pouring out His Spirit and that the Lord is working on people's lives, 
But let's see transformation happen. It is so good that the Lord woke you up this morning and brought you to worshiping Him with the congregation. Now let's see the life transformation happen at the Word of God. What Paul calls for and prays is this. We have confidence in you that you are doing and you will continue to do what God has commanded you to do. My prayer for you is that the word would spread quickly and that you'd be delivered from evil people, but my prayer for you is also that you would continue to follow and obey the Lord in all things for the rest of your life. Surely, we know, all of us, what it's like to live through crazy times. Congratulations, you've arrived. We are living through crazy times. But it's tragic to see how many hearts have grown cold. I have, and so probably you have as well, in the last three and now four years, seen how surely COVID changed things dramatically and the political polarization continues to change in America, also across the entire world. Change was always going to happen, but what's so tragic to see is how many hearts have grown cold through all this or worn out, how many faiths seem to be awfully flimsy or with a little bit of shaking have fallen over completely, but not so for you. Paul says about his people, we have confidence in the Lord about you. As for me, I have great hope in the Lord about all of you. After all, it is Christ who is holding on to you. So it is no big thing for you to hold on to Him and to keep His commandments because He has you held fast in His hand. Let nothing shake you. I will be praying for you and let please you pray for me that we will continue to do what God has commanded until the very end. I heard a wise pastor once talking about marriage and he said, you know, the the high bar for marriage is fidelity, right? faithfulness. But faithfulness is not a title that you want to claim too soon. The best you could say, perhaps, about yourself is faithful so far, if you're married still. Faithful so far. Although that's not a great thing to say. It sounds like a threat. So you're not going to pitch this one out. Fidelity is not a thing that you want to claim too soon. Faithful means that you remained faithful until the very end. Our desire for you is that you would be faithful in your marriage until the very end, that you would keep God's commandment and keep the marriage covenant until the very end. And so we are praying this for your marriages as well. God will give you strength to turn away from what sin is in your life and to remain faithful until the very end. Now, for you who have been unfaithful, We are not defined by the sins of our past if we are in Christ Jesus. For you who have been unfaithful in the past, the grace of God is sufficient for all of your sins. For you who have done wrong in the past, all of us who have sinned, there is no wrath left in Christ Jesus for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation left for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if there is no wrath of God left for you, and if your sins have been forgiven by Him, 
then you cannot go on beating yourself up over the past or living in guilt. Today is the day for you to live forward in fidelity and faithfulness. Today is the day for a new life and a change for you when you say, that is who I was, but it will not be who I am. Now I will live in the commands of Christ. And you're going to pray for yourself saying, dear Jesus, please help me to obey your commands. And you're going to change what needs to be changed in your life so that you can obey them even easier and remove temptation out of your life. And we're all going to be here together praying for you as well. Dear Jesus, we have confidence and hope in you, and so we're praying that they would hold on to your commands until the very end. And we are going to rejoice over our brothers and sisters who have gone on before us, who showed us the way and set the path for us. We will look forward to the day when we have reunion with the faithful in Jesus Christ. Stand firm on the Scriptures. And understand that the person who stands firm is not the one who believed them, but the one who obeyed them. It will be the one who practices these things, and so that's what I'm praying for you for. How can I pray for you today? I'm going to be praying for you this, that the Word would spread through your life and that people would honor Christ. I'm going to pray that God would keep evil people far away from you. And I'm also going to be praying that you will hold on to his commands and live a life repentant before him. And finally, Paul says here, verse 5, May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. It's beautiful. really doesn't need any explanation, does it? Dear friends, may the Lord direct your hearts to God's love, and to Christ's endurance. May you know the love of God, and may you endure until the very end. Uh, When I meet with people and uh, talk with them frequently, I like to recap how I'm going to pray with them. You know, I I meet with somebody for the first time, or I'm talking with somebody at a pastoral meeting, I listen to them and their story, say, okay, here's what I heard, and here's how I'm going to pray for you. So how about this? How does this sound to you? We talk about it. We can come to it. Here's how I think I ought to pray for you. How do you feel about that? Is that a good way to pray for you? When I've heard somebody with a serious cancer diagnosis before, I've said, okay, I know how to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God would heal you. We good? I'm also going to pray that he'd be very near to you right now. I'm going to pray that he'd give you sweet time with your family. I'm going to pray that the Lord would give you confidence in who He is. And I'm going to pray that He would help you be faithful until the very end. So this is how I'm going to pray for you today. You ready? We'll do the exact same thing. I think I know how I should pray for you. I'm going to pray that the Word of the Lord would spread through you and that it would be honored by those who hear it. I'm going to pray that God would keep evil people far away from you. I'm going to pray that you would keep the commands of the Lord until the very end. And I'm going to pray that you'd be very near to the love of God and that you would have Christ's endurance in your life. Let's not delay. Let's pray this together. Father God, I thank you so much that you brought us together to hear this word today. I thank you that you have not only called us to pray to you, 
but that you have taught us how to pray to you. So this I pray today, Father. I pray that the word would go out from here quickly, speedily, that the word would fly from this room to everywhere around us and everywhere far away from us. And I pray that many would come to honor the Lord. I pray that for however long we have together, we would be fruitful together. I pray that you would keep evil far from us. I pray that you would protect our children and that you would protect these families. I thank you for this commitment to the security committee, but I pray that we'd never have to use the security committee or the cameras we're going to install. I pray that you would be our front and only line of defense and protection. Father, I also pray that we would hold fast to your commands and that we would stay steady in them. I pray that you would give us the strength, Christ's endurance, to obey you and live righteous lives before you all the days of our lives. I pray that when we see sin in our lives, we would be, that we would be so quick to repent of it. I pray that when your word comes into our lives, if it would convict us of any sin, then we will be so quick to repent of it and turn back to you. I pray that you would help us to live in that repentance. And finally, Father, I pray that we would live in God's love and experience a life of just knowing the sweet love of God in our lives and that you'd give us the endurance of Christ. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.